is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome back. I am really, really excited about this one. I feel like I say that all the time, but it's true because I always get the opportunities to kind of like sift in and out of Instagram and Facebook and all these different places. And then there's people that like in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I want to get that person on. Um, and then I got like three ahead of me and it always gets kind of like backed up. But then the other day, my buddy Frankie Cerquetti, just so you guys know who uh, is going to be on the podcast episode with us here in a few minutes. Um, I saw one of her Instagram posts and they're so good, man. They're so good. And since so much, so many of you right now are, you know, trying to get into videography and you guys are trying to create as much video content as possible, because I am always saying, Hey, look, if you're going to put something out there, look, if the images don't look that good, it is what it is. But video is where the world is going, whether it's vertical or horizontal, it doesn't really matter. Everything is going to video. It's how we consume a majority of the content that we look at on a daily basis. So it was super important that I got Frankie on because not only is she helping mentor and tutor people that are new, she's also documenting a lot of what herself and her mother are doing with their own company. And it's just really amazing stuff. So Frankie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. If you guys don't follow Frankie, we're going to talk about it towards the end, but you, you guys really need to. She's, um, probably one of the most upbeat people i like she's a lot like me where it's like people will ask ask me all the time you know where do you get your energy from and i'm like dude i don't know you're exactly <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah i'm an extroverted italian woman so i'm short but i'm very loud and energetic <laughs> but they're always good points that you get across man and it's just uh, she's got look here's the bottom line she's got this face right and she's just so uppity and bubbly and go, go, go that you can't not be magnetized to her. It's just one of those things. The way that she holds herself, the way that she speaks, I'm very kind of like broken up and messed up. Sometimes there's no question about it because I'm 40 and I'm getting super old. But she's 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 just, she gets her point across so quick and so fast. And one of the interesting things about this is that that's all kind of calculated. And that's what we're going to talk about today because the way that she produces her content is probably a little bit different than the way that you guys are doing it. And if you go and watch her content, which I'm going to want you guys to do, I want you guys to see some of the tactics that she uses and how it, it actually benefits because it makes it makes her, her Instagram look really, really good, as well as a couple of the other Instagram accounts that she's running. So let's, let's, let's kind of dive into this. You know, we see your mom all the time on here, obviously, but... Yeah let's let's kind of start you off like you know the the like baby frankie baby frankie yeah baby frankie <laughs> all right how'd well, you come to be <laughs> well you know grew up in baltimore county you know i come from a very like i was saying before i'm italian big italian family um 
you know, my whole life I've always been around the arts. You know, my dad always encouraged us to to go to like BSO concerts and, and listen to different types of music, go to theater, um, go to galleries. My mom, you know, was a photographer, uh, father, entrepreneurial mindset. My brother, you know, is a sound designer. My sister is a dance fitness instructor, you know, so art, <laughs> I could go on for days about them, but you know, art has always been around me. And, you know, I never really knew what I wanted to do, but I, reflecting on it, I think I've always been creating something, whether that was like through dance, I was a big theater nerd, you know, <laughs> you know, singing, all these different things, but has led me, you know, right now in this stage of my life to producing videos for people. You know, I have a, like you were saying, a business with my mom, Rena, uh, Storia Studio. Um, but, you know, story is Italian for story, you know, pretty obvious. Um, but we just, we love telling people stories. And, and yeah, you just saying like, you know, that you really appreciate like our our social media it means so much coming from you because I I don't even remember the first time I started following you Todd but like I just was so struck by how much service you provide to your followers like a lot of times with social media people want to keep secrets and you are just you put it all out there you're, you're training people you're coaching them even people you don't know so I've been following you for a long time and I take your tips and implement it to my social media so I just want to say like thanks for all you do as well dude you don't have to fucking say that I do and I'm not just like sucking up like I really mean I appreciate I appreciate that it's funny because I'm not joking with you like there's there people will like I got a DM this morning um, from somebody and, and they were asking, they were asking, you know, a, a couple tips and stuff. And I was giving them to them, like just doing it for free. And I was like, you know, and I, but I really started going on. Like it was really a simple question, but I, I dove into it. Like it was like an hour I'm DMing on Instagram. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what in the hell? This guy's probably like, why did I DM this guy? But I, I, I sometimes feel like, and I'm not, this is absolutely true. And I'm actually going to do a video on this where sometimes I feel like I'm like, fuck man. Like, I feel like I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about or like, maybe I don't know as much as I think I know, or like that self doubt will start to creep in. But then there's like all these other people like Jay Roffling, who was on chopped on the, on the food network. He's the chef over at Cunningham's dude's fucking one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my entire life. This guy comes up to me yesterday and he's like, Dude, your stuff is so motivating to me. Like, I gotta tell you, man, I look forward every single day to either watching a video or seeing something that yeah. you put out. And, and I'm just like, holy shit, man. There's a lot of people where like, I'm like, okay, it, it actually is, it's, it's working and it's touching people's lives. Like this is like, I'm not just like putting shit out and it's not doing something. Like it's actually doing something for other people. So. Yes. That, that actually does mean a lot to me that you said that. You didn't have to say it, but I appreciate it because yeah. it, it means a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to feel, I mean, I feel that way too. Like when you asked me, I'm a part, my first thought was like, oh my gosh, like who am I to be on this? But you know, I feel like, and you being like, let's do it for Friday, let's go. I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to feel ready to do things. I might as well say yes. That was the most like me thing that would ever happen. Like I always kind of want to wait until I'm fully prepared to do things, but your invitation was just a reminder. I'm like, you know what, just, just do it. Like speak from the heart, go for it. You're, you know, make work even if you're still growing and, and learning and that's it. You know what's funny about that? It's so funny. Um, I, Amanda, I think, let me, let me just double check this real quick because I want to make sure that I'm not 
the last the last couple episodes actually that I did last episode that I did um I had a young lady on um I think you know her oh maybe oh, I know for a fact you know her state now I'm now I'm holding up the whole episode so sorry guys anyway she said the exact same thing she was like no one's ever asked me on a podcast before I was super scared I don't know what the fuck I'm doing why should I do this and I and that's one of the big things I think that I can bring to the table with people is I, I just push them. I'm like, nope, we're doing it Friday. You were like, no, I'm booked up. I got to do something. Nope, we're doing it Friday. And you go, uh, oh, you know what? I got some four or five. Cool. Lock it in. We're doing it. <laughs> like, I'm like, not like the thing is, is that dude, you're never ready. Yep. You're, you're, you're never, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be done. You're never going to be complete. Like a lot of people all the time, they're constantly saying, you know, I'll do it when. Mm. You just fucking stop that shit. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. Yep. No, you're so right. Because I was like, well, maybe by Monday I'll be more prepared. And you were like, you were so persistent. I was like, shoot, I just have all these excuses. Let's do it. You're right. So <laughs> just to be vulnerable here, you well, know. Look, and now you're fucking doing it and you love it. I do. I love talking. <laughs> look at how look at how I'm cussing up a storm and Frankie's not. It's probably because I haven't been able to cuss in a while. So now I'm just dropping the F bomb. Right. Maybe we can get Frankie to cuss a little bit on here. Nice little, nice, nice little Catholic girl. Nice little Catholic girl from Baltimore. Um, so, you know, here's the funny thing. So instead of going into kind of like what your dad was into, your mom, your mom has been in photography and I, I guess assuming videography, but more photography, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Your whole life. Yeah, um, so my mom, you know, when she she studied this in college, you know, when she was in school was at the time of like film photography, obviously like classic darkroom photography. So she just really has this, I don't know, just a really amazing gift with like light and just really taking her time with like her photography. And she's just so much more patient than I am. So I feel like her fine art background like really works like now and kind of her craft and her experience you know, bringing that into the digital age of how photography has changed has really been amazing, like for our business. Um, you know, and it was funny, we were talking before and she was sharing how, you know, she wanted to go into business when she was younger, but, you know, she also was just, you know, starting her family and things like that. And at the time, I don't know if like, it was really an option for her to maybe like go out on her and start her business because the market was different. Um, but she also, you know, was sharing with me, you know, I had insecurities and doubts. And then as I started doing freelance work, I also had a lot of doubts and I was always wanting to say no to projects. This is before we became business partners. And she was kind of the person in the background being like, I want you to do what like I never did. So like, I believe that you can do it. And so like unofficially, you know, she was like coaching me and already my business partner, like in high school, (laughs) you know, she was already mentoring you. She was 100%. So without you knowing it, 100%. And even when I was like 16 or 18, she was like, we're going to go into business together. Um, you know, and I was like, no way, no way. There's no way. Um, but like, here we are because I was insecure at the time. I was like, no, I, I just don't like, we were just talking about, I don't feel ready. I don't know what I can bring to the table. But until both of us started valuing our work, valuing that we have something to bring to the table, that's when everything shifted and doors started opening. We were both part-time and then we went into full-time. We're like, oh my gosh, like. Well, let's, let's, yeah, well, let's talk about that for a second because, so your mom, I'm not going to ask how old your mom is, 
She's younger, I'm sure, than my mother. My, mom, my mom's in her 70s. But, I'm not going to reveal that. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to reveal that. But is she there? No, she's not here today. But it's okay. just next time. Oh, she's already slacking. I see it. Uh, All right. So, <laughs> so your mom, in in when she was when she was coming up, obviously she's a mom. She's got you. You have she has three children, right? Mm-hmm. And it's your dad. Your dad's probably working full time. He's doing yep. his. Thing. Probably got his artistic side, side or whatever it is. And back, I would I don't want to say back then, but I'm just going to say back then. It is yeah. what it is. As a woman starting a business, it was probably a pretty scary thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, 100%. Because my mom was in the advertising business back then. Mm. And she told me, and this is no joke, she was enthralled in watching Mad Men. And she, I remember watching episodes with her and she would be like, Todd, it was exactly like that. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? I said, are you kidding me? And she's like, nope. She's like, I'd be walking down the hallway and get smacked right on the ass. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's like, what, what do I do? I can't tell your dad because your dad's going to go in there with a freaking baseball bat. Right. You know, it was just a part of the world. And so it was scary as shit to be a woman probably to start a business back then. Yeah. Definitely. Or even just, you know, the pressures that you know, women face of, if you go into business full time, people might make comments of, oh, like you're leaving your, your family behind, or right. you're a full-time mom, people even like kind of shit on that, you know? <laughs> people people still do, people do that to this day and it's complete and utter bullshit in my mind. And I said this on the other podcast that I was on, the other episode that I was on, I said, most of the women that I know are way better at business, running a business than the men are. Yeah. I can tell you in the back end of my business, this is the absolute truth. It's not a guy running the business. Right. It's a woman. Yeah. Oh my God. 100%. Because without her, I'm fucked, buddy. Right. <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom, Rena, she definitely takes a more behind the scenes approach in our business. So when you're on social media, oftentimes I am the person, you know, like talking. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Sometimes. But just know she's in the background coaching me. She's, I, I probably wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done this without her. Um, and I think we bring, that's our strength is starting a business now. It's, it's so great because I bring kind of my experience and kind of my knowledge about like social media and all that kind of to the table. Not that you have to be like young to like bring that to the table. And she brings this, you know, just our two generations coming together. It's so valuable because she's at a point in her life where you know, she's very graceful, but whenever we get really caught up in kind of the mental game of business, she doesn't get super thrown off by it because of her life experience. She's like, Frankie, like those negative voices, like don't matter, you know? So I feel like with her experience and my experience, we kind of make the perfect combination. And, and, you know, some people say to me, oh, I could never work with my mom. And, oh, how could, you know, what's that like? Do you guys get into fights? But we've always been working with each other. So (laughs) even in college, you know, when I was in school and I was studying art, um, I went to UMBC and she was like helping me with projects. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody's mom and dad. Well, if you're lucky enough to have a mom or dad like that, I mean, then then you definitely are. There's no question. It's it's all I've ever known. You know, I just like, my mom is my confidant. She's, you know, of course she's my business partner, you know, um, and that's the relationship that we can have now. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And I just, I love it. Mike, who was on the episode before you, he was, it was interesting talking to him because he said of, how much how much experience and value like your mom being in the dark rooms and things of that nature like the old school yeah. way of doing things pre-digital 
like for her to pass that information and that knowledge onto you is like there's that's knowledge that like nobody hardly anybody could do like you could do that right like a lot of people can't do that now so they don't realize and understand like you can produce something completely different than other people because of the the knowledge that she's passing down to you from that, from that standpoint oh definitely i mean we actually and I just took it for granted growing up. We used to have a dark room in our basement when I was a kid. My dad, um, he's an engineer and he had a construction business before that. He built my mom a dark room, you know, and even in college I was kind of using it. Now we don't use it. Um, it's kind of a, become a storage area. It could be <laughs> your podcast room, dude. It could, you know. Call it the dark room. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're welcome. It's going to be free. Like, Bill's in the mail. Dude. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, but that's it. like, yeah, she brings that to the table. And I mean, I only took like one darkroom class and it almost destroyed me because I was, I was switching from digital to darkroom and I was like, I am so bad at this, like crying in the darkroom as like a 19 year old. But I really appreciate it. And, you know, just having that, um, that education is, is so valuable. And I would say whether, you know, you go to college for art or you just learn through like master classes online, like, you know, just learn the craft of it so you can implement that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. He was just like, it's, he's like, it's like a low start, you know, it's like, a, it's like a mason, watching a mason lay brick. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of, again, you know, people will, uh, especially in like, a, from that, and that's a manual labor job, obviously, but if you've never seen an actual Freemason or an actual mason lay brick, a, a good one, a really good one, and I have, watch them do it it's unbelievable and you think you're like you but there's people out there of course they're gonna look down on someone like that right oh it's a manual label job look at that you know look at him he's just laying bread but you've never done it it's an art to get it to look the way that it looks and so respect of the craft yes right You've got that, and that's something that some of these new and upcoming videographers and photographers do. They don't. They they may be good, but they don't have respect for the craft because they haven't been around it. You've been exposed, no pun intended, to that. I'm yeah. good, man. I'm so good. Exposed to that, um, and and you know I think it's cool because I, I, you've force foreseeing in the future when you eventually will start hiring people and bring people on. You know, you'll be able to pass that knowledge on to these younger generations, which I think is just, I just, I just think it's cool, man. I think it's really neat. Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, when you go to a museum, like start studying the way the light is, you know, been painted onto something. You know, I don't come from a painting background, but, you know, there's ways to study light even outside of photography, you know, like really learn about like the masters and, and just try to figure out their process, get in their heads, even the past and even, if you're able to like have a mentor, shadow people. I mean, I could talk for days about all of that, but yeah, just surround yourself with different art forms so that you're staying inspired, but you're also staying educated. Well, I, it's funny because so today I was talking to Adam, who's who's one of our videographers, right? He's like my main, he's like my main videographer. Yeah. And Adam went to work on a Netflix show. Um. Oh God, this was last week, so it was a week long gig paid was shit and he was kind of like you know shoveling it around in his head and i said dude go mm. yeah and i said dude it's, who gives a shit what they're paying you man i said it's the experience yeah. to be around these people 
and the relationships that you're going to form and all this other kind of stuff. And so today, him and I, we were budgeting out a deal that we just that we just got. And so we're budgeting around the deal. And I said, before we can get into the deal, dude, I said, share with me and talk to me about everything that happened. Mm. And, right. And so that's one thing I want you guys to understand that are listening. Don't be uber selfish when you got to have a conversation with people. Always ask about them first. Tell them to tell them to or ask them, you know, what's going on? How are things going with you right now? Always ask that first. You'd be surprised, be surprised how that can change the conversation. So regardless of that, we're having a conversation and he, and I said, well, what did you learn? And he's like, dude, I learned so many cool things about lighting now and things I can now bring back and this, that, and everything else. And I said, man, I said, then there it is, man. There, that was, then it was all worth it. And then he said, the director, the, the director actually said, if I'm ever out in LA, I got jobs waiting, this, that, and everything else. And I said, now you got the relationships. And I said, what are you gonna do? I said, if you don't go to LA, you're an idiot. <laughs> Cause you're young, you're young enough where you could go to LA, fuck up, come back. And now you're the guy in Baltimore who was in LA. And now you have a completely different mindset and you can actually apply what you learned there back here, which hardly will ever happen, small percentage of people. Um, that would be able to do that. So I was like, dude, it's just such a great experience. Oh yeah, oh my gosh. I have learned so much carrying bags for other videographers, even as a college student into a couple years out of college. It wasn't about the bags and that wasn't beneath me. It was, I was a fly on the wall for amazing conversations that like my mentor and other mentors like let me into their circle and they knew that it was valuable. At the time, I think at first it, you know, be easy to be like, oh, like this sucks. Like I'm not the person behind the camera, but it's like, no, you're listening to how the director is interacting with the client, how they're coaching, you know, the different people on the team, you know, it's so valuable. And even if you're just able to shadow someone and just kind of blend in the background, even if you're not doing anything on set, it's, it's freaking amazing. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no, I know exactly, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. I, it was, I just did a video kind of like opening up about this like gig that I didn't get. Like I really wanted it bad. And one of my mentors was, you know, basically like, man, it's just not your time yet. Mm. And and yeah. I, I was like, no, 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 it's my time. Like I want to be, I want to be on that stage. It's not your time yet. Yeah. And sometimes you got to let the ego kind of like draw down a little bit and go, you know what though? Maybe I should go shadow you, mm. see what it's all about. And then look at, go back next year and say, Hey, look, here's the value I can bring. And so again, yeah. at the end of the day, like just because you're the fly on the wall right now, or, and if you're listening and if you are that fly on the wall, dude, just be a sponge, mm-hmm. take it all in because just like every other dinosaur that's out there, man, you're not going to be able to get that knowledge back. It's not going to get transferred yeah. to the internet. The, these, these 50, 60, 70 year olds are not going to post up blogs on how to do things. It's just not going to happen. So if you can get around these people that are in that age group and they have, and they're, and they're kind of in an interest in an area that you have interest in, you should 100% shatter these people and learn some of those old school ways. And like we were just talking about crafts, you, you should 100% take advantage of it because they're not going to be here forever. And, and typically people will say yes. Like, if you just have an attitude of service that you're not trying to get something out of people, you know, I think people can sense that if you're trying to like, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I hope this leads to some job. But no, if you just have an attitude that's like open and you're easy to work with and you're teachable, 
Um, I mean, again, I've had like a long journey. I mean, I'm still working on these things. Like I'm not trying to just say, oh, I've made it, I'm perfect. I'm definitely learning. Um, you know, one time I, I was second shooting for um, a wedding videographer and afterwards, I didn't have to edit the piece, um, but I asked the person that was editing the footage, hey, you know, if you have time, like, can you give me feedback on how I did? You know, and he emailed me back this like, like three paragraphs that have changed, like that changed my life. He, he was like, hey, I noticed that you hit record and then you figure out where you're gonna film. I want you to like, don't hit record, but you know, really think strategically, like how am I gonna tell the story in a couple different shots and, and don't rush through the process. You know, he could tell that I was kind of rushing and maybe a little nervous and he was like, just be in that confidence and he could see it in my footage, but I asked for that feedback and you have to be willing to take it. And whether it's the arts or just you're running your business, whatever field you're in, because it'd be so easy for me to talk about like, oh, how to get started in video. We can talk about gear and I can totally talk about gear and editing and I, I would love to. But we're going to. But I really think it's about the mind, you know, getting in control of your mind and yeah, just, just being willing to take criticism and being able to communicate with people. Because what you're saying too is like, it's really about relationships. Like you're building relationships with people and hopefully eventually you're building relationships and trust with your clients so that's that's it for me i'm learning is all about it's kind of a mind game i really got to work on that you know it is and so people but here's the thing right like it's it, it has taken me years years to develop the reputation and the the trust of the people that support us right and when i say the people that support us i'm talking about our clients yeah. The people that not a, not even our clients, right? People that are that we that I surround myself with, that know even know my clients, and go, this guy refer like that takes years to do that. So yeah. don't think, don't get frustrated. Three years in, that it's not happening. It's just not happening now. Yeah, so you you you've gotta you've gotta understand that it is a massively huge patience game when you're starting out a business. It takes a lot of time to earn. Um, you know, I mean, dude, it's just gritty. It's gritty. You have to, you have to 100% be open to the fact that it is not going to happen overnight and not many of us can do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, Rena and I were talking about, you know, being willing to pivot, you know, so in the beginning you're starting out and maybe you're in this this kind of clientele you're serving, maybe you're doing, at least for videos, like you start out in the wedding industry and maybe you find you really wanna like keep growing in that and you stay in that, or maybe you pivot, not because that's bad, I mean, this is kind of my story, and kind of start doing nonprofit stuff. And then now we're in a stage in our business where we're still, we still do nonprofits, we don't do weddings, but um, you know, we're pivoting now into, okay, how can we serve small business owners now? And being willing to pivot, being willing to grow and, um, yeah, like you said, the patience game, like even, oh gosh, I'm get, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but with social media, it's so easy to be like, I'm posting, people aren't engaging, this sucks, but it's like, yeah, it's a waiting game. Like you gotta, <laughs> you're building uh, yeah. a yeah, 100%, like my, my shit didn't even start, and I'm not joking with you, like it didn't even start like really exploding up until maybe a month ago. Yeah. Like really exploding. Not like, I mean, like really, yeah. where I'm like, I'm, I'm opening it up and I'm going, oh shit. Like that's a, like that's a lot of engagement. Like I'm really yeah. I'm thinking, wow, that's amazing. It, it was, it was a teeter 
and it moved that way, right? But um, the, the engagement rates went up and it was just because I was given a lot more than I was taking. Like, it, it just kind of happened. And again, it was a patience game where I'm like, you start getting, that's that's one of the weird things about social media from uh, an, um, uh, like an emotional side. Yeah. Like you might think and put stuff out and you might think that it's really good and it just doesn't get engagement. And you get really, really like, you get like upset, right? Yeah. And you just can't do that it's like a self-esteem thing like it, in the back of your head you just gotta and i've done i do it i mean there's times where i'll put, post something up and i'll be like this is fucking straight fire it's so good like i'll even put on there like this is fire and people are like that's all right and i'm like fuck and then i'll put up like something really like where i'm like the shark week thing and people like that's awesome and i'm like i guess i mean it's cool i like the way it looks but geez i mean Right. Just one before that? Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. And, and, know, and so it is what it is, man. Yeah, but it's, whether it's social media or your art form, I mean, I, I'm kind of like lumping them together, but it, it works for video, is you're creating work to attract that, that dream customer, you know? So even for us on social media, you know, my, our numbers aren't where I want it to be, but at the same time, I'm really not trying to get caught up in the vanity metrics of it all because that's like a slippery slope and just being like, you know what? 10 people like this post and it's easy to look at that and be like, that post failed. But then I thought about it the other day and I was like, what if I put 10 people in a room or at a table? That's a lot of people. You know what I mean? Instead of thinking it as like just the people on the screen, it's like, oh wow, like 10 people engaged with my piece um and we don't need like a hundred new clients from instagram we and if we get a client like one would be good you know because yeah. our business is really worked on word of mouth and i kind of use social media as a place to build brand awareness and trust um about my mom and i relationship and it's slowly we're starting to kind of share more of our portfolio but because we just started our business a year and a half ago we were just like let's just be patient we got to be patient giveaway information um and that's been a game changer dude word of mouth will never die there's a lot of people that are like oh you know we're not no like, here's the deal it's just it's just evolved so word of mouth will never die it will continue and it will actually only increase to be honest with you over the next probably three decades the social media is just an amplification of the word of mouth. Yeah. Do you understand? You know what I mean? So it's like people are going to like my buddy, Mike, Mike Reuter. I mean, you guys probably heard his podcast. He told me, he's like, dude, you're like hot right now in the real estate industry. And I'm like, that's cool. And he goes, and I, I said, but yeah, it seems like it. He's like, there's a lot of people like reaching out and stuff like that. And he goes, no, nah, man. He's like, what you're seeing is like 1% of the people that are actually talking about you. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, dude, just the people that are talking about you that you're not even seeing. He's like, the people you're seeing is like 1% of it. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. And he goes, yeah. He's like, see, cause you can't be in a million places at one time, right? right. That's one of the funny things about social media and social media, you can, but in the real, the real world, you can't, right? I couldn't be at this mixer I was invited to. I couldn't be there, but I have five people saying to me, man, everybody was talking about you. Five different people saying that. And I'm going, oh, geez, that's pretty cool. I probably should have went to that thing. But regardless of that, it's you don't realize word of mouth will always will always trump everything else. It's just social media will just amplify it. That's so true. I, I think that's so true. Like social media, again, like I'm I'm a big follower of like Jasmine Starr. She talks about, you know, it, 
it's a place of building trust. Like you wouldn't show up to a cocktail party and say like, hi, I'm having a sale tomorrow. I'm a photographer. Like you say, hi, how are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Like it's a conversation and that builds trust with people. And yeah, you have no idea the impact that you have. Cause I've had people even say to me, oh, I see what you and your mom are doing. And I, I know that they're following us, but they're not engaging. And I'm like, oh, you're watching though. Like, I didn't even know you were my, you were on our radar, <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like you, 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 that's why I'm saying word of mouth won't die because you, you'll never see it. You'll never see that. Um, but eventually you will. And that's yeah. where the, that's where that, that kind of like that patience game comes in. Um, why did you why did you decide to go full time into into video? What what was the the entrepreneurial bug biting you or what what happened? Cuz yeah. you were you were you had a you had a regular job and then you were doing this part time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um so I uh, was working in uh, campus ministry at an art college in Baltimore um, at MICA for a couple years and I loved Love that job. Um, and I was surrounded, again, even in all my other jobs, I've been like surrounded by other artists, um, but I was part-time. I think a couple years ago wouldn't have been wise to be full-time because I think sometimes in our world, uh, people are like, quit your job and follow your dreams. And it's like, well, no, no, like wait, if you're able to do it, like have a strategy. So it wasn't the right time because, you know, we didn't have the client base that we have now. So um, the shift was, I don't know, a lot of different things. Like I kind of realized in my free time, I'm filling up my calendar with video projects, you know? <laughs> I could be filling it up with anything and I'm filling it up with video projects, whether that's just like personal projects or, you know, taking on client work, even though in the midst of kind of not knowing how to charge, like just being excited that like anyone would hire, hire me. I was like, wow, you wanna, pay X amount of dollars for <laughs> me to come and film your wedding, you know? But then <laughs> I was growing, I was learning. Um, and then I think, you know, being surrounded by artists who were also pursuing their passions is kind of a wake up call for me. You know, my other job was so amazing. I loved it, um, but it just, again, just pivoted. Like I was still in the arts, but I, it was time to start um, my own thing with my mom. And I think, to be honest, like I finally had the confidence to do it. Like. I've always been someone who, even when I was like a kid, like very doubtful, like I can't even believe I'm doing this because I never even pictured myself as a business owner. Like a, a couple years ago, I had told someone, they had said, would you ever start your own business? And I said, no, I don't think so. You know, and I think I just didn't have the confidence. I, I, I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't think I had just like something of value to bring and, you know, I think oftentimes, yes, there are like, there were some people who would be like speaking over negative things into my life, but oftentimes it's like your own critic. That's like yourself, your inner self dialogue is like worse. So I started working on that. And, um, you know, my mom was kind of the one of like, Frankie, I think, you know, it wasn't just one conversation, multiple conversations over kind of me transitioning out of my other job, multiple conversations saying, I think we have something great. And I think now that, we have a client base after being part-time for a long time, we can really like launch this, you know? Um, what were you really scared of? Hmm. Like I, get super vulnerable for me right now. What, what, why didn't you do it earlier? Yeah. What were you scared of? I think like simply, I would say things. Like I would say things about myself, like, oh, I'm not a videographer or I'm not a photographer. Like I could never do what so-and-so does. 
you know, and just the self-doubt. I think also, um, I come from a fine art background, so like I have like good concepts and like I kind of come from a conceptual background. Gear and the technical side of video was really intimidating for me. I felt like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't like hip enough or ready to learn equipment. I was kind of that, like we were talking earlier, like I want to wait till I know all this stuff and then, and then I'll go. You know, um, so I feel like I became a videographer reactively. It was through other people like, do you have a website? Can I refer you to someone? Can you film this? That I started being like, wait, other people are seeing this in me and like, I don't even see it myself. Like, I'll get really real with you. Like, one of my good friends, who's also a mentor of mine, we were, we were talking once and I was interning for him for video and he was like, your Instagram is great. Your work is great. Your portfolio is great but you're not confident. He saw like right through me. Like I'm someone trying to like impress him and like show up for him and like, you know, be the little good intern. And he saw right through me of like, you have so, you have the potential. And this is someone I looked up to and, and he saw it in me and I couldn't even see it in myself. So until you start like realizing that like you have a gift and you're still a work in progress, even as you're working on your craft, um, until you realize you have value, you're, you're gonna lose, you know? So again, it's that mindset thing that I really had to shift. And with my mom together, we were like, I think we can like, we can do this together, you know? And, and we really thrive together as like, I'm an extrovert, so even editing alone is like really hard for me um, because I thrive off of other people's energy, <laughs> um, as you can tell. And yeah, just working with her and being a partner with her also really was like, yeah, we can, we can do this together. Yeah, see, and and so really, it's again, it goes it goes back to the same fear that every single one of you have before you try to do. It's the it I it literally it's called the first day of school syndrome. Oh, I love okay? that. Okay, I mean, it's I'm dead serious. It's called the first day of school syndrome. I was just talking about this with my five year old son Renner. He's five. He's he's leaving. He's leaving Celebrity. He's going to his first day of. He's going to be going into his first day of kindergarten. And I asked him and I'm like, dude, are you nervous? And he's like, no. And I was like, come on, buddy. I was like, are you nervous? And he goes, yeah, I'm scared. And I said, okay. I said, you don't have to be scared. Now it's easy for someone who's already done it to say to someone who's never done it, you don't need to be scared because you've already been through it, right? So, and that's what mentors are for. That's what parents are for. That's what we do. But until you actually do it, you're never gonna realize what that, you're never gonna remember what that fear feels like. So that first day of school syndrome, it goes away within usually the first 15 minutes of being somewhere and you make a friend or get a client was the yeah. first day of job kind of thing. And then you realize you can do it. And then the next day and the next day, and then you start creating habits and things of that nature and it gets easier and easier until you forget about the first day of school syndrome, yeah. right? Absolutely. And so. At the end of the day, the only thing that ever stops us is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't, and it's easy to say it. Okay. It's easy to say. It's easy for me to sit here and be like, the only thing that ever stops you is yourself. Well, Todd, there's all these other things that kind of happened in my life that created these. Did it? No, 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 no. That's not true. You fucking created that shit because you made all the decisions that led up to all those things happening. So don't, don't, you're starting to lay blame again. Don't do that. Yeah. 
You are in complete control of everything that is happening in your life. You made a decision at one point. It doesn't matter if it happened five years ago that led to this point right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, fraud syndrome is definitely a thing in the arts or if you're an entrepreneur, like being afraid of being caught that you don't know what you're doing. And a lot of people experience that like, oh, I'm going to get caught. Like I felt that way with client shoots. I'm like, they're going to find out that I've never done an interview style this way before. <laughs> and, and the reality is like, they might not, you're the, you're the expert in the field. And I'm really obsessed with this Ira Glass quote. I'm like, it's changed my life, but it uh, talks about like the gap between where you are and where you want to be feels really wide. The reason why your work sometimes disappoints you is because your taste is so good. So it's only by making a volume of work that you bridge the gap. Um, so it's sometimes, I think, paying attention to, oh, why am I disappointed in my work? I actually think uh, that's, it sounds weird, but like that's kind of a good sign because that means you're like really you're honing your skills and you're like, oh, like I'm, I tried this new, you know, camera movement or I tried this new editing style. It's, it's kind of there. It's trying, like Ira Glass talks about, it's trying to be good. It's not quite there yet, but you have to like, keep creating i think it just means that you care yeah right and and so like if you didn't care then you wouldn't be you wouldn't feel that way and you know here's the funniest thing about that that the whole fraud thing like dude we've all fucking we have all done that right we we've all we've all you know tried or fucked up or did something that we were like, that we maybe told somebody we're like, yeah, we can do that, and we've never done it before. I mean, that's how you end up getting yourself kind of, you know, in a pickle. But at the end of the day, like that's the only way you're going to get experience too. I mean, if you want to be upfront, people be like, you know what, I've never done that before, but I guarantee you, I can do it and I can learn it. Um, you, you, you know, I, again, I feel that way too. I feel that way every single time I get on a stage and talk. Mm. I'm like, I wonder if that person in the audience is like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> He's a, what a douchebag, like, you know, this and everything else. And I have a lot of people come up to me after, I actually had somebody introduce me one time, but I'm having a lot of people, you know, say to me, they're like, you're like, uh, you're like Gary Vee. You're like Gary, and I said, I said, okay, you can say that. Like I, I could be compared to someone else. So I'm, I'm okay with being compared to him. Right. right? Uh, I've had my, my stuff has been shared on his, on, on some of his stuff. Yeah, I see that, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's also put out content that inadvertently, it's funny because some of my content will be similar to his, but he's also put out, and I talked to DRock on Instagram, like we talked. He's the best, love him. He's great. He, there's a couple times where I've put out content and then like a couple days later, there's content that goes out and it literally looked just like mine. I'm like, did he fucking, <laughs> did he see my shit? Cause that motherfucker watches everything. I'm like, did he see my shit? And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. If I'm going to be compared to somebody, that's a great comparison because I have a lot of respect for him. I don't necessarily, I don't, we don't agree on some of the same things. There's some things I agree with and some things that I disagree with from his standpoint. And, and it, it is what it is. But I love the things that he does. And to be compared to him is an honor. There's no question about it. But at the end of the day, um, what I'm really trying to do here is create awareness and show people that a schlub like me okay that that didn't graduate from college barely graduated from high school 
fucked up continuously, lost massively in business like multiple times, like screwed up a marriage, went bankrupt, lost everything, like all these different things can still can still climb to the top. So I, that, that's my biggest thing. It doesn't matter what your battle is, whether it's alcoholism or drug addiction or this or that or whatever it is, that it's a really long life and you have multiple opportunities to start over. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so the fear, again, this just goes, this kind of is teetering back to why you went full time. The fear of starting a business, dude, don't be scared. If you're, if you want to start a business, dude, just go start a fucking business. Right. Because if you fuck up and fail, you can always get another job. That's it. Yeah. And then while you have your job, start your new thing and try again and try again and try again and try again. The thing is you can recreate, reinvent and, 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 and redo multiple times in your life. And I, and I've done that. So, and you know, obviously you made that jump and it's worked out and you're probably happier than you've ever been. That you're in control of your time. Right. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest, that's the biggest win as an entrepreneur. I want you guys to understand something. It's not the money. Most entrepreneurs, (laughs) I'm just telling you, it's funny. You laugh because you know, it's true. Yeah, no, I do. Most of the time it, we, we, we're, we, we're literally like, how the fuck am I not making enough money? Yeah. But then you go, but am I willing to be cozy, comfortable with the money, but lose all of this? Nah, I can't do that. And you're, you're, you're unwilling as an entrepreneur, unwilling to give up the freedom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if I'm being fully honest, like there have been times when, you know, we didn't take a paycheck um, and it's really painful and can be really scary. And then at the same time, at least for my mom and I, just being like, no, we're, we're building something great. And we know that like, like you were saying the patience, like, you know, we are one and a half years into our business. Like we are, I just really believe we're just getting started, you know? And sometimes yeah. it's really easy. Like I went and spoke at a, a high school, um, a couple months ago and I, I kind of said something along that line of like you're just getting started like you know we're, we're used to instant gratification or like validation through grades but you know out out in the in this field you know it's, it's kind of a it can be a grind sometimes and you have to be willing to kind of like adjust and yeah I don't know like it was just really interesting they were like completely like just thrown off by that. I was talking to a group of like sophomores and they were like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, like you kind of have to eat dirt <laughs> in the beginning. Cause like, who do you think you are? Like in a way, like, who do you think you are that like at 18 year old, like 18 years old, you're going to be where like the person you look up to the most in your industry is like, I just don't think there's overnight successes. Like it's years. <laughs> it's well, years. You know, here's the deal. The overnight, the overnight successes, their, their run at the top never lasts. Yeah, it just doesn't last, and it, and and actually, that's probably one of the only downfalls to social media right now is that you can be an overnight success. Yeah. you can, but you are you haven't been prepared to handle the downside of the overnight success. Yeah, you haven't been you haven't been kicked in the teeth enough to be able to handle getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's just what it is, right? I mean, it, there's nothing you can really do about that. So it's something like I said, you know, at one point I, I think I posted up where it was like, I remember the first time I got punched in the face and I was so scared my whole life of getting punched in the face. And then I got punched in the face 
and I fought back, you know, now I'm not get, I'm not scared of being punched in the face. Right. Like if I get punched in the face, I know how my body and my mind are going to react. So now I already know that I'm not scared of it. So if you punch me in the face, just be prepared. So I don't have fear of that anymore because that terrible fucking thing I was so scared of actually happened to me and I actually was fine mm. and was able to handle it. So it's, it, again, it goes back to that fear of the unknown and how do you handle that? Yeah. Well, like what you were saying too about like being prepared, like there are some days where like if we get a client and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just got really lucky that that happened. But like, oh gosh, I'm such a cool person. But like that quote, like luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You know, like, yeah, I was lucky, but like, were you prepared? Were you educated? Were you like ready to like pounce on that opportunity? And sometimes like, yeah, like we're not. And other times you're like, no, I was prepared for that, that moment, you know? Yeah, I mean, our, you know, dude, I wasn't prepared when I first started our agency. I was not prepared at all. We were talking about not paying yourself. Dude, I, I was, thank God, you know, Nick was able to pay me out of his own pocket. Dude, the first year and a half we had our agency, I was, I was making 1200 bucks a month. Yeah. Right. $1,200 a month. I don't even, I, I barely have employees that are willing to, to do anything for that right now. So it, it, there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. And there's a lot of shit eating and stuff like that. I mean, it just, it just kind of happens. So, you know, there's a lot of good lessons in all of this context that you guys should be taking away from that standpoint. The biggest one really should be that you just shouldn't be scared of, of failing. And I, you know, I feel like I say that all the time, but like, just get out there and fail. And you'll realize that it's, it's actually not that bad. Like, it's not, yeah. as, it, as everybody always says, it, 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 you know, in the, the the pain never lasts. New opportunities constantly come up, and and you're gonna be fine. So get out there and try shit. And if you fail, who cares, man? It doesn't matter. And the, it, you gotta adopt that mindset, which really is the mindset that I've started to adopt. Where it's like, I just don't. And that happened with turning forty. I just don't give a fuck. If you if you're yeah. in the audience and you don't like me, that's cool. Get up and leave. Yeah, like, you're not have to be for everyone. It's for I just don't. Money. I just don't. Yeah, and and it might sound like really like I'm a dick, I just don't care. If you don't like me, don't follow me. If you don't like what I'm putting out, don't follow me. If you don't like me, don't sign up for our agency. Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. Like I got too many, there's too many people that do. And I'd rather give them the time, (laughs) right? Let me ask you a question. Sure. What, let's get, let's get kind of into like some of the details here of like actual video, because that, that's, I mean, people could hear me fucking rant and rave. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> what, what makes a good story? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, in general, with storytelling, I think whether, you know, I'm going to use the lens of filmmaking, obviously. Um, I think kind of a very, well, this simple- also, hold on Frankie, this, yes. here's the deal. This can also relate to something that I talked about the other day about Instagram stories and Facebook stories and things of that nature and creating video. Some of these people are listening, they're not video, they, they're not videographers. They're right. people that want to make video, but but think that they, you're right, think that they need the flashy equipment and this, that, and everything else. I had somebody, some guy yesterday says like, well, should I just go buy a camera? I'm like, no. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, I was like, fucking hire somebody, dude. That's what I said. I was like, dude, hire a professional. Yeah. If you want it to look good, hire somebody that knows what the hell they're doing and pay them. That's yeah. what you should do. But yeah, so talk to me about that, like creating the story, because that's where a lot of people could screw it up, where the content doesn't even make sense. They just shot content and there is no story. Yeah, no, I think a good story, 
depending on, you know, maybe it's a small business or a nonprofit, like to me, it starts with like a question or like the need. So it's like, here's the need, here's the problem. How does XYZ answer that question? And then I think a call to action, you know? So kind of like, I don't know I think sometimes with specifically with video I think sometimes you're right like you know we want to get right into like the filter and the music and all that but it's like you can dress it up all you want but like it has to have heart it has to have like a story I mean there's it could this could be applied to like documentary and like drawing out the story like not like sometimes people think they want like when we talk to clients they think they we should interview five of their staff members but then we're like well have you considered like, what if we wrote a script that like said what you're saying with, you know, they think they know what they want and you kind of have to educate them and say, actually, like, what if we wrote a script or what if we interviewed like one person? Like, what are the strategic questions to ask to kind of pull that out of them? So, yeah, I think kind of that three tiered list bullet points is kind of how I edit. And this can be applied. I even think like if you're doing an Instagram story, like what's what's the need? How do you solve that answer? And what's the call to action like for your audience? Copy paste. Makes sense, man. Yeah. It's the overthinking. Oh yeah. It's, it's the overthinking. And and the, and the other thing is this, is that understand, and this is one thing that, that I've massively learned from a respect factor with videographers and editors. Adam's really good at, at video. He's really good at shots, angles, everything else. TJ is really good at editing. So pay, I, 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 right? And they both respect each other from a standpoint of he's better at that and I'm better at this, but I can learn from this relationship from each other. We can both get better based on what each other's value is and what, what, what I'm good at or what they're good at. I, I, I never understood, and this is something that came, came from this, when you talk to people about video, and you go, hey, look, I want to do like a one minute video. I wanted to do this, 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 and this. And then you give them a price and they're like, oh. fuck, that's expensive. <laughs> like, geez, I didn't expect it to be that much. No, 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 all such stuff. And I'm going, hmm. And I, you, and I, you, and I'm not lying to you. I was one of those people. I'd be like, dude, why is it so fucking much? It's one minute. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize what all, you know, I didn't realize, oh, you're manually doing the subtitles to make sure they're correct. Oh, you're changing the color grade oh you're making sure that this is done this is done this is done post edit uh, show me the post edit like okay oh okay so it takes two and a half hours to do a one minute video oh now i get it yeah and the pre-production that goes into it the consultations you know you can't proper lighting proper seating this that everything else people people don't get that they don't get that okay oh, yeah so in 2019 and this is this is how you and i met by the way yeah I posted something up, whatever it was, but I remember there was a picture of me and Adam. And I said to Adam in January of 2019, I said, I want to learn video. I want to learn how to shoot. I want to learn how to edit. I want to learn how to do this. I want to see everything from soup to nuts. I want to be, I want to be dangerous enough that I know. Mm. Because, and this is, this is true. This is a shuckle. In my opinion, over the next... 10, 20 years, videographers and editors are going to be one of the most sought after people in an agency internally, as well as independent contractors that you're ever going to see. 
So if you're going to college right now and you're going for quote unquote marketing, you need to shift. And I just post some of my Instagram stories, by the way, and pivot mm-hmm. to video and understanding how video editing works yeah. and how to shoot and uh-huh. lighting and learn all those things. Because if you come to my office and you sit down for an interview and I ask you questions and you say, oh, by the way, I can also edit. I'm also proficient in this, 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 and this. And I can also shoot. Your value Your value just shot up so much where I'm like, you're fucking hired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's you can, you can share a message with so many people in an emotional way. You know, you can, like, that's the thing about video. Like, you can, you know, you can... You have to get to the emotion of it and like you're, you're moving people to care about something. So like when people hire us, they're like, we're having a hard time with this. And then we just basically process like what they're trying to say in a different way. Like sometimes when a company or a nonprofit or an individual business is like, they, they're so like in their heads about it. Like sometimes it takes an outside person to be like, have you, have you tried communicating it this way? You know, so absolutely. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Tell me about like, so walk me through, like, let's say somebody's listening to this episode and they're like, you know what? I want to shoot my first video or I'm trying to start creating content around video and they want to do it themselves because that's just going to happen, right? Not everybody can technically, I mean, quite honestly, not everyone can afford a professional videographer, or professional photographer. They want to try to do it themselves. And then they obviously, they learn the lesson that they should have hired somebody, but if they want to try it themselves, give me some, give me some kind of like gold that you've never shared before that could help them kind of get started in the right way. Yeah. I would say before you even get into the filming itself, um, start intentionally watching videos and, and you know, videographers that you look up to. And this is what I did, you know, start watching their videos uh, and really analyze like, why are you attracted to that certain style? Like you might not even understand why you like a video, but start to like be aware of that. So is it the lighting? Is it the pacing? Is it, you know, um, the humor in it? Or is it the seriousness of it, you know? And learn from others and then try to implement that. On a super practical note, I think, I mean, we did this too in our business. It's really easy to get caught up in like, oh, I need like, the best of the best camera. Um, but really, I don't know, I'm being super honest with you, you need like a good camera body, like a, and one good lens. And when you say good, when you say good lens, what do you mean by that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said it that way. No, 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 I'm okay with that because that's what people get confused, right? Because there's, you get a kit lens, which right. people, which people just go, oh, well, this is the lens that came with the camera, blah, 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 blah. But then there's prime lenses and there's yeah. there's I mean there's a whole bunch of that. What do you mean by a good lens? Do you mean yeah. like an ex an expensive lens, right? Right. A good lens. Right. At least one that you can like put in your arsenal that's gonna make the scene like look good. So give me give me two lenses that you think are good lenses for people to use. That a, a good lens that's gonna oh change God. the way something looks. A 50 millimeter lens to me, in my personal opinion, a 50 millimeter. It's a prime lens um you know it's really great for like detail shots but it's good for like in my opinion it's good for interviews as well um it kind of like 
don't know how like technical you want me to get, but you can kind of. You don't have to get technical. Here's the deal. It's a fifty. <laughs> it's a fifty millimeter lens. I use the Canon. I use the M series Nifty Fifty. Yeah. Which is, the Nifty Fifty is great. Oh my gosh! Like it's cheap. I, it's cheap. It's about a hundred. I think it's like hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's my favorite lens that's, because it creates that. yeah and because what here's the deal what you guys see on youtube a lot is you see that like that bokeh out background mm -hmm. and when i say bokeh out i mean like blurred out background yeah. when you see that blurred out background and it almost looks like the image is coming towards you out of the background that's that that's that lens that's creating that that uh optimization to, to for it to look like that um yeah. i don't know if i'm using the right word optimization no, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I use that lens, I think the one you're talking about for many years, and then we, we did upgrade, but you know what, like our clients like don't know the difference, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, most people don't. Done. They got the job done. Um, and I would also say another tip is like good audio. Um, and by good, at least start with like an on-camera mic that you like put into the camera and not using the, you know, just the regular camera without a microphone. So it takes out that kind of like, as the lens is churning, you don't hear it. And then eventually, I would just say like, you slowly add to your toolbox. You yeah. know, you slowly add. So, yeah, you might want like four lenses, but do you have a good tripod? Do you, you know, I think actually my favorite tool is the monopod. Like, you know, it's instead of the three legs on the tripod, it's just one. And, you know, if you're, especially if you're filming events, you can move around quickly. Um, I mean, try things, see what you, what, what goes with your style. Um, you can rent equipment. Like sometimes we did that, like, you know, this job called for, you know, maybe a slider or something like that. Well, maybe you're not ready to like invest in the, this one product you want. You can, you can rent it and just put that into the cost of your, your quote to your client. You know what I mean? Um, there's just, there's just so many things you can do. So start small, start basically like quality over quantity in the beginning. Um, it took us a long time to like build, build our gear bag up and it, and it takes, it takes time and we're still working on that. And it's just really, it's just really important to not get so caught up in like what you don't have and use like what you have. So like you were saying, like if you only have a kit lens, like literally like no shame. Like I started on a kit lens too, like what the, the camera comes with. Um, start small and grow because I think another thing with video is the editing. Um, it's, can you take me through like an experience, even if it's 30 seconds, and get me drawn into the story. So I think it's almost like being a better editor than like. <laughs> uh, that, that I will tell you 100% that the editing side is is start there because you're gonna shoot, which is the, I, I'm gonna sit, sit here and say it's the easy part. You're gonna shoot and then when you're done, you're gonna be like, now what the hell do I do with it? And you're not gonna realize you, you have to do a million things oh, yeah. to get it to where that video that you saw, to get it to be like that and to look like yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Oh yeah. I mean, my first video, I mean, I made like a documentary once on this nonprofit I just like completely fell in love with. And um, I like, they ended up using it for like their trainings and they, they used it for like all these things. And then when I watch it, like, I think cause the editing is like, it's the beginning where I can see where I'm like growing, but like the editing was like fairly good. Um, even though I'm looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even have like a lavalier mic on them. Like I just used like the on-camera mic, which again, like got the job done, but it was still a compelling story. People were like moved to tears to it. I think because of the editing. <laughs> and I like was just starting out. Like that was like many years ago. What about the, 
Instagram side of things, like the Baltimore, like how did you get the Baltimore filmmakers thing? How did that start? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I have a, um, oh my gosh, I have three Instagrams right now. It's, it's not that bad, but it's just, it's funny. Um, so I have my personal account, I have Storia, and then um, Baltimore filmmakers. So it kind of came about, um, I was really inspired by a lot of like Maryland um, Instagrams that really are bringing people together and lifting other people up. So one day I was talking to um, a friend of mine that um, is just trying to figure out how to get started in the film industry. And I realized that although like I'm, I feel like I'm still starting out in my career, like he like kind of was just like, didn't even know where to go for like, where can I go for a mentor? Like what, where can I learn like, like videographers who are like hiring in Baltimore and all this stuff. So I started thinking like, I have this opportunity where like, I'm not, I don't claim like to be fully honest, like, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I know a lot of people that are. Like I'm in a position of influence because I know people. <laughs> so right. like, I just started thinking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's a need for like, what if you're, I keep using college, like it doesn't have to be college. What if you're just someone starting out or you just graduated or you know, you're, you're changing careers or something like that. And you just want to learn like basic tips or you want to just kind of like, be able to start following other like-minded filmmakers. Um, like, where do they go? And I was, I realized, I'm like, there really isn't this space. Um, and it was one of those moments where, like, um, I didn't really feel ready. Like, I felt like so sick when I like hit publish on the first post because I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is so weird. Like, why am I doing this? But you know, I, um, I just kind of posted like, I feel like there's a gap in the film community. It's super collaborative. Um, but let's, let's start talking to each other more and it's still growing and it's, um, you know, I, we're kind of still figuring out what this looks like. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to like be a bridge builder, you know? I think what it is, is this, is that we look for, we look for help from so many people where we, we don't want to ask for help because we're afraid what others are going to think about us or say about us or whatever it is. And instead, so we try to research and try to find people that we can connect with that maybe won't judge us. And I think that's where I liked it because what I liked about it was that I'm really, I'm, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I'm, I'm a creative, I'm a creative person. I have a creative yeah. mind. It's how it works, but I wanted to learn more. And I remember like when you started it, I was like, dude, this is awesome. I was like, because now I can ask, I can mm -hmm. ask a question and, or you might say, ask me a question I ask and you give the answer back. And, and sometimes we can't find what we want to find on Google. Sometimes we can't find what we want to find on YouTube. Yeah. So it's great to be able to have pages like that, that are educational. And to me, that does two things for you guys. It creates social proof. And it also shows that you're, you're, you're giving mm. without asking for anything in return. Yeah, maybe you get a client out of it. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Yeah, but <laughs> you're helping, yeah, well, you're helping educate others yeah. and that will create more opportunity than you being out there trying to pitch video and send cold emails and calling people and this, that, and everything else. You know, oh, I think you're, I think I love what you're doing, but I think it could be better with this. Like, instead of doing that, you're creating an outlet that if somebody has a question, be like, you should go over and check out my, this this tutorial that I did on, on, on my other page. Yeah. Um, it just breeds value, man. And it, and it also makes people want to do business with you. Yeah. And just like lifting people up. So like my goal 
for a while I didn't really have like a clear vision for what I wanted to be. Um, but my goal is kind of like a space for whether you're inexperienced or super experienced, like come together and like lift each other up, which might sound like kind of cheesy, but really like I would love to like, if someone who just started out like shared their demo reel, like I want to repost that. And I also want to repost someone who's like been in this field for like 20 years, like kind of a shared library where we can learn from each other. Um, and yeah, just like network with one another. And I don't know, I've, I'm learning I'm learning a lot. And some days, I mean, talk about fraud syndrome. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just getting started in this, in this field. And I'm like, hi guys, like welcome to Palmer Filmmakers. But you know, every day I just, I try to push through that because I, I know that um, I think people really appreciate it. And um, I just know, going back to the patience game, like I know it's like a patience thing as well. I'm trying to be patient. And I'm also trying to listen to what the audience wants. So I've already kind of changed it a few times. At first I was making, you know, this type of content that I pivoted again. Cause I'm like, oh, I wanna, I wanna listen well. What do people need? Um, what topics could we talk about? Is it even outside of video, like mental health, physical health, how to eat well, <laughs> like, you know, how to stretch after you like edit for a long time. You know, I wanna get into those kind of topics too, not just like the, the gear. Um, but like you said, my goal is really just to kind of lift, lift other people up. The best way to find out what your audience wants is to ask them. Yeah. Um, mm. I did that at one point. I was like, what do you guys want to see more of? I was like, do you want to see more of like the motivational stuff? Or it was like, do you guys want to see more of like the marketing stuff? And I remember I put it up there and I'm thinking, man, I can bring a lot of value from this marketing side. And people are like, yeah, we want to see more of the motivational stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> like, I'll just say fuck it to the marketing crap then. Right, right. But I didn't, I didn't. I literally was like, that's cool. I'll Then I'm going to do more of that stuff for you guys. But just know that I have to put up, there's not everybody feels that way. So I'm also going to, I'm going to sift in some of this other stuff here and there. So those people don't get, don't, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to not cater to everybody. So I want to be able to do that. So that's why I'll, I'll do quite a bit of the motivational stuff and share a lot of the, the, the failures and the wins and stuff like that and, and the support. But at the same time, I'm going to throw in the other stuff that I think is going to be helpful. And it might not, it might be on a different avenue, right? It might be on this yeah. avenue. And then I just say, if you want to go listen to how to get into film and how to do it right, go listen to this episode or go read this blog. And so I think sometimes it's about figuring out the channel and what people want from that from that specific channel, because not necessarily what I post on or do on my podcast is necessarily the exact same thing that you're going to see on my Instagram. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, one thing that's really interesting about filmmaking is I don't know, I think other than a lot of other art forms, it's it kind of has to be a team effort. Like we are slowly, even in this next phase of our business, like kind of bringing on people and, and trying to collaborate and contract people out, you know, because you kind of can't do it all yourself. Like you can maybe in the beginning, you know, but sometimes you're gonna need someone who really knows what they're doing with lighting and hire them. Or sometimes you're gonna need someone who's a great sound designer or an editor, you know, film is collaborative and I think that's when like, like ego, like I just noticed that like ego goes to the side, has to go to the side if you want like to make a good film. Has you know, to. it's a teamwork. Um, it's not like a solo project, you know? So it's just something I'm learning as well. Well, and eventually what you can do, I mean, with the success rate, what you do when, when you do, do it that way is what you'll find is that they're like-minded people and you guys go, hey, you know what? You want to be a part of this? Oh, all right. Yeah. You know what? I like what we're all doing together. Let's keep going. So it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing. 
as as we loop in towards the end here, I wanna I always end with you know like my my two questions and your six tips. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Give me three good because the majority of our people obviously are on Instagram, but let's make it more let's make it more broad from a video standpoint. Give me three tips to making better video that a beginner or an advanced person, let's, but let's go more towards beginner intermediate can, can do today to make things easier or better for their own profiles. Oh, definitely. No, that's a great question. I think for video, um, if you're filming, um, I'm just going to use the example of you're filming a, an event or, but this could be anything. Um, try to think about, I guess tip number one would be, Try to tell the story of what's happening in the room in 10 shots. So like when we talk about B-roll, like the general footage that goes on top of like the interview or the voiceover or whatever, like someone said that to me once, like to vary the shots. So get a side angle of, you know, maybe there's a speaker talking, get the audience reaction, make sure you're establishing, you know, where the heck you are, like like a signage and things like that. you know, challenge yourself as you're filming um, to, to creatively tell the story visually in 10 shots. Um, yeah, that's tip number one. You want me to go to the second one? I have more. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah that's tip number, I think number two, I think going off of the 10 shots, you know, to, to do variety of shots, uh, think about doing a wide shot and a medium and a close up. It sounds really simple, but when you're filming sometimes, at least even for me, you know, you get caught up in like maybe nerves sometimes, or you're just trying to get settled in and get the feel of the room. You know, first of all, take your time, like as you're filming, like you're kind of the one in control, whether whether it's a narrative piece, like you're directing, or you know, you're filming like a live event, whatever it is, take your time. Um, and yeah, just think about like, maybe again, you're filming someone, get a wide shot of them, get like another, like zoom in again and then get another close up. Um, that will just help in the editing that you're not just like, you have like the same shot for like 10 minutes that you're like changing it up. Um, and number three, I think if you're editing, if you're dabbling in editing, again, going back to like watch work, you know, um, you know, figure out your style, get, you know, figure out like oh, like, I really want to implement this this thing that this person did. I would say that like, good pacing is really important in video. So like, for example, if I'm editing something and it's an interview and someone just like said something that's like a mic drop, like, you know, that's the moment. Um, be really mindful of the pacing because your audience needs a minute to kind of process if this is like the big moment in the video to process what was just said. So like, don't be afraid to like have pauses, um, like kind of like, let the music go up a little bit and then go before you go into the next point, if that makes sense. So also, also assume that like your audience is, <laughs> your audience might be smarter than you think. Like it doesn't all, like filmmaking can also be subtle. Like let your viewers like discover the story. Like maybe you're like, I don't know, you're kind of building up whatever like call to action, like slowly, don't be afraid to, you don't have to give it all away right away. Like let let your viewers like kind of go on a journey, even if it's whether it's a video that's supposed to be humorous or one that's supposed to be super serious. Very good one. Yeah. I'm getting number three out of you. Oh, that was number. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that pacing was number three. Okay. Um. You, you know, just if you're. Trying I'm bonus to- tipping you. I'm bo- you got a bonus tip. Bonus. Um. 
with, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times, going back to like why I started Baltimore Filmmakers, like I know that like, I learned, I learned that like you can ask somebody like that you look up to out for coffee um, and they usually like will say yes. Maybe, maybe they can't right now with their, their schedule or something. Um, just, just ask, just like try, you know, like maybe there's someone you really look up to and you want to work with them, like offer to buy them coffee and like pick their brain and like you, you're allowed to do that. Like seek, seek people out, um, mentors, you know, seek them out because you have so much to learn from them. Like I'm, I always want to be someone who's learning. Like, I don't want to ever feel like same in my mom and I's business. Like we just don't want to feel like we ever have just like reached like, Oh, we're done learning. You know, just like always be seeking out feedback and learning. It's, it's really vulnerable, but like literally <laughs> videos are meant to be watched. <laughs> so like you have to be vulnerable um, and you have to ask for feedback and criticism. So I would also say if you're just starting out making videos, send it to somebody too. Maybe it's someone you know, or like, Hey, like, what do you think of this? Like, what did I do? Well, and like, what, what, um, what could I grow in? You know? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Give me, give me three. I knew it. Cause you, I mean, obviously you work with like advanced editing software and things of that nature. Um, give me three mobile apps. Mm. Someone who is, let's say intermediate, whatnot and let's say that they, they they don't necessarily know how to use you know final cut or adobe or anything else like that and they want to they want to try to kind of do things more from a mobile version give yeah. me three mobile apps that you, you not only use on social media but that are really good from a video editing standpoint yeah i'm actually pulling up my phone right now to check them out um i think for video InShot is a great one um Sometimes if you don't have time in maybe your editing software to make your video vertical, InShot's also really good. You can edit video in InShot, but um, you can like repurpose the video and make it vertical. Um, that's, I've used, I still use that. <laughs> um, like time-lapse apps. If you're like trying to step up even like your social media game too, like I have this one app uh, called Framelapse. If I'm filming a behind the scenes of maybe what we're doing, maybe it's a shoot or, something um, just kind of changes up the you know our stories a little bit um really really practical um like a screen recording app um like i have an android so i use like it's called uh az screen recorder um you know if you're just trying to maybe you have like something that you want to reshare or something like that give credit but that's good for instagram stories um I also use like Unfold as well. Um, that's a good one for, it can be for Instagram stories, but it can be for other things as well. Um, and I can keep going, I can keep going uh, <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, these are also photo, because we also do photos, so like Snapseed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Snapseed is good for like overlaying things. We use that. Um, yeah. Oh, Visco. I really like Visco. And you can use Visco. Um, if you want like for photo and video as well. Yeah, and so here's the deal. Visco, that's the second time Visco's been brought up and I don't yeah, think it's no. Yeah, no, and, and no, I'm glad because I don't think you guys are using that and I don't think a lot of people are dabbling with Visco enough and there's a lot of there's a lot of young people that are that are dabbling in Visco. Yeah. So I think that is a really, I, I can tell you that I've used it um, and I, I actually really like it. I love InShot, obviously. InShot's like one of my go-tos. Oh, um, yeah, but, yeah. Visco's, Visco's really, really good. Um, you said frame lapse and 
frame lapse is good too. And this is one of the interesting things about uh, when we were talking, we were kind of bringing up B roll. Mm -hmm. Time lapse, it, time lapses are like so awesome. Yeah. Oh my it, gosh. If you really dedicate a dedicate time and effort and battery life to a good time lapse, it can make or break an intro or transition for your video. Yeah. Like it can change the whole game for your for your intro or your transitions. Definitely. Oh yeah. It's it's so great. It's great for like. Um, kind of building up the story some more. In your it really is. And I, I don't think, you know, I'm a huge fan of time lapses. I don't think it gets used enough. I do it a lot on my stories, especially when I'm traveling. I love using the time lapses because, um, and it annoys obviously the people that are with me because they're like, can you please put your phone down? Like you're putting all this effort in for 30 seconds. And I'm like, 30 seconds takes like 10 minutes in a time lapse, you know? And I'm like, it's, but you don't understand the finished product is so badass, right? <laughs> And it just, it's such a good transition or a good intro to like something that is going to be so amazing and to, to help tell that story. And people don't realize that it, it really is a, it really is something amazing. And that's a good takeaway to, to kind of bring it out and kind of end this because I want you guys to understand that you have the ability to create and it's, we're so lucky mm. to have the ability to create things within the palm of our hand on a daily basis. You know, we talked about a lot of equipment and a lot of uh, a lot of strategies and things like that. You guys have a device in your hand, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, it doesn't matter. You have a device that has endless. It has it, it has this this endless array of mobile applications and technology that can help tell stories yeah. like never before. And if you're not taking advantage of that, right, and you're overthinking the creative. I'm telling you, you're going to lose because there's a lot of us out there that are doing it and we're telling you how to do it, yet you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then you wonder why, you know, and then this is where the hate comes in. You wonder why that person's starting to get kind of shouted out and tagged and they're getting these opportunities. It's, it's just because they're doing it, man. They're putting the work in and they're, they're document, they're documenting it. And that's, that's one of the things that Frankie's doing every day she's documenting what's happening all day long and then she's giving you the tips and that's why i had her on to be quite honest with you one of the reasons i had her on was because not only do i enjoy you know what watching her and her mom do what they do but again the people that i'm having on these episodes are people that are doing the exact same thing that i'm doing and it's why i'm giving them the respect that they deserve they're giving without expecting anything in return. They're taking time out of their day and they're volunteering their knowledge to you guys to help you guys get better. The people that take advantage of it are gonna do very, very well. The people that are gonna see it and they're gonna hate on it or they're not gonna follow it or they're, not, or they're gonna listen to it and watch it and not utilize it, you're only doing a disservice to yourselves. I'm telling you right now because these types of people, these are the types of people that you wanna connect with. If you want to get a coffee with Frankie, or her mom <laughs> or you want to go follow her on social media which you 100 if you 100 if you are have questions about video or photography this really this really ends up you know hurting my business right <laughs> fuck it i don't give a shit fuck it i don't give a fuck there's plenty of work for everybody you guys are I mean, if you guys are uh, quite honestly if you guys are yeah i don't give a shit if you guys are looking for quality video quality photography Lots of experience, lots of tutelage, sharing of knowledge, things of that nature 
where can people follow you guys? Yeah, um, our business account is Storia Studio, S-T-O-R-I-A dot studio. And if you are a filmmaker and you're just starting out, or maybe you've been making work for a while, all of our filmmakers as well. Yeah. You have a website? Oh yeah, um, storiastudio.com. Yeah, this is an interesting fact here. I just want to, I want to point this out to people now. People ask me if I have a business card. Mm. I do, but I don't carry it with me. And I've stopped carrying it with me. And the reason I stopped carrying it with me was because I don't think we need business cards anymore. Because mm. like now if somebody's like, hey, I want to meet up with you. I'm just like, that's cool, man. Just hit me up on Instagram. Right. I'm dead serious, right? So when I say, how can people get in contact with you or how can people follow you or this time? We so much now will say, just hit me up, you know, on Instagram or shoot me a message on Facebook. That, like, it's DM. You know, the, dude, the value of a website now, eh, not so much. Right. Not so much. It's a great way for you to be able to house your content so people can see the things that you've done, right? That's really what all it is now. It, it's it's simply just a place where you can put content and I see the value in it, obviously from a search engine standpoint, but we there's a lot more value on people's social media profiles and it's a much quicker and faster way to get in contact with people than the more traditional ways that used to be like websites and business cards and telephone numbers and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, social media is a great way to share behind the scenes um, as well and yeah, I think, you know, our, our website's kind of a jumping off point into like our social media and I, I totally agree. But I love what you were saying before of like, there's plenty of work to go around for all of us. Like that's what I really, I just really believe in like, I don't know. I mean, listen, I just want to be fully honest. Like I'm still, all the things I'm talking about, like I'm still working on, but I really believe in like abundance and not scarcity, like mentality. And I feel like you're someone who's just like, lifting other people up and that's what we also hope to do through like Baltimore filmmakers or Storia you know and I, I I'm not like resentful that like you know people can literally learn how to do video like on their phones you know and I like I really just welcome that and I love that because I know that like there's still a need for like the types of videos we create but I also like really just enjoy teaching people so yeah if anyone ever like just wants to talk, you can find us in the in the DM, you know. <laughs> Slip into the DM. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay, you listen. Know, also no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Frankie, um, congratulations by the way, also, because you're you're newly engaged, is that right? Uh, I actually just got married two months ago. Oh, you just got married? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking dropped the ball on that okay. one. Okay. I mean it literally just happened like congrats congrats to you on that. Yeah, husband. Um that's unbelievable. I love it. Um, tell your mom that I said hello. Oh my gosh, I will. Because I love her pictures. In fact, the, I really wish you guys would do a picture like the cat picture of Will Ferrell where he has the cat. And then he's like shattered in the background. Oh my gosh. Oh, maybe we will. Like an 80s. Like I want to do, do a picture like that so bad right now of myself. And it just popped in my head. I want to fucking do that. That. Now I gotta do it. Now I'm gonna do it. We do it. I want to do a picture of like me smiling, but then me like in the background with like <laughs> the <laughs> not smiley face. Oh my god! All right. Hey, listen. 
hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this this episode. Frankie was awesome. Um, I'm sure this is not going to be your last time on here because they're they're doing so just so, they're doing awesome stuff, and I'm going to have to bring her back for more. To be quite honest with you, because this might have been one of the longer episodes. There's so much stuff that first of all, her and I talk very fast. And we talk a lot, and that's probably why the time got out of the way. But there's a lot of really good stuff in here. But it's, I, we're probably going to have to do a second episode because there's more knowledge that I want to drag out of her for a lot of you that are trying to do video and learn video. Um, Frankie it did talk about, I know, just want to mention this before we go. Um, Frankie talked about how she's kind of jumping into some other verticals, real estate people. If you guys are looking for some real estate video, it's probably a good, good idea to hit her up too. Because um, she can probably do some pretty creative stuff that can probably set you apart. And that's one of the problems that you guys in the real estate business are having issues with right now is all your shit looks the same and you need to start setting yourselves apart. Um, so go check her out, man. Maybe you should hire her and her mom to do some dope ass shit for you. <laughs> Thanks. Frankie. Dude. Thanks for coming on, babe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.